But anyway, like I said, we'll go ahead and get started. And uh, I guess the first thing to do is uh, introduce myself. My name is Brian, and uh, and the other person here with me is a uh, good friend, Jared. We've known each other for, uh, what is it, forever? Uh, uh, basically, somewhere around there. We've known each other longer than we haven't known each other. I don't know. Yeah, by, by a long shot. Yeah, yeah, by... By more than our children's age. Yeah. So. <laughs> also by a lot. Whichever you look at. So, yeah. What is it? We met, We were, what, 13? 13, yeah. I've done loop that one by 25 yeah. years, so. Yeah. Yeah. Almost, basically almost 30 years. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. But, uh, anyway, the reason that we're uh, getting together and talking today is, uh, I think, like a lot of people feeling a lot of fear lately you know with everything that's going on we've had uh you know we're basically just seeing the total infringement of our ability to speak at the <laughs> at the uh at the cost of uh our freedom of speech is is rooted the idea that if we talk we might cause insurrection so, you know, nobody's allowed to talk anymore. And I mean, you know, that seems like a rational conclusion. I mean, you know, uh, there's, uh, what, uh, kiddo porn that's passed through Gmail. I think we should stop being allowed to email, don't you? <laughs> right. Well, and we're already at the point before this where don't leave your house because you might get somebody sick. Now it's also don't talk because you might cause an insurrection. Uh, so basically sit down, shut up, and be still. Yeah. Is where we're at. Pull the levers and keep the machinery going. I think that's kind of what the expectation is. Um, you know, and it really, if you think about it, uh, the fact that they're trying to hold Parler accountable for the actions of its users is, I mean, whoa, are we going we gonna to hunt down uh, an Amazon executive? We're going to hunt down Jeff Bezos? Throw his ass in jail for fraud because uh, somebody got ripped off through Amazon once. I mean, well, now, now correct me if I'm wrong because I haven't read the text, but doesn't Section 230 stop social media platforms, as Parler is, from being held responsible by what what individuals say? You would think that would cover it, yeah. Uh, but uh, I guess uh, Amazon uh, Web Services, Google—they've just decided. Well, you know, we'd hate. I, I, I yeah, competition is uh, is uh, going to be held to a different standard than we are. So, well, to be fair, despite what we may want to say, they aren't government. They can do what they want, right? You know, yeah, yeah, they can within reason. They can, yeah. And also, you know, playing devil's advocate, I guess you can't allow people to post illegal, uh, illegal speech because there is illegal speech, like you know, actual incitement, actually calling harm to people. Cause to, that, yeah, call to action is what it yeah. is. Uh, you can't yell fire in a crowded theater because it's a, it's a, an imminent danger that's not able to be uh, rationally discussed, and as such, it constitutes illegal speech. Uh, well, so. And I, I think where the where the rub is uh, isn't that. I mean, it is that Parler is getting taken down, but we almost would agree with it for that reason. If also Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, all those were 
treated the same because they also, for different reasons, whether you agree with the uh, social dynamic or the cause or the message, have done the same thing and have plenty of examples of that, not only by random users, but by checkmark verified people having call to arms, calling to action. There's literally been two months where we had an autonomous zone in the United States where more than a dozen, two dozen people died, something like that. Over the, I mean, I think that was over all the riots, but more than two dozen people died. And, and you're talking about Chaz? Yeah. And, uh, but, yeah, and then we have uh, a bunch of people walk into a public-owned building and protest for a few hours and then get thrown out. And uh, now they're being rounded up, arrested, locked up, and, you know, well, they're hunting them down, <laughs> taking their jobs away, you know, the... It, yeah, no, I get it. You can't have people storming in and trying to overthrow the Senate or, or whatever, but by that same measure, uh, you can't have people rioting in the street for a year. No, and here's the thing, too, and I don't know what kind of, uh, what kind of people are going to take this wrong, probably everyone, but I don't like the level that the protests became in the past eight months because they escalated beyond that. And on the same token, I also don't like what the, the gathering protests, whatever on the six became. I don't like either of those escalations, nope. but the, the problem is that it has been justified likely for so many reasons I won't get into, but it's been justified for the past several months, past eight months or more. And then now that uh, another side has done it, that was, that was the excuse they needed to clamp down uh, off off stream. You uh, talked about that before. Like it's the big brother, little brother scenario. <laughs> yeah, definitely. And I think anyone with a, uh, a little brother understands this. It's the uh, little brother pokes and prods and they're looking for the reaction, you know, come on, I'm not touching you. I'm not touching. And then as soon as you're like mother, it's like, that's whenever it turns. And, uh, he hit me. He hit me. Y'all it, saw that, right? You saw it. Uh, I didn't do anything. I wouldn't even. I didn't even touch him. I don't even know. I was. I, yeah, it's some instigating BS, you know. And it's all right. It, it is what it is. Yeah, I don't want to vent too much on here, but would you uh, be willing to let me go for a for a second here, just to let something out? Do it, too, my man. It, part of the part of the cultural phenomenon is a lot of the folks that are okay with what has been happening over the past eight months or like the anti-establishment self-proclaimed anti-establishment types uh punk types the counterculture types again as they self-proclaim yet the cause that they have been fighting for is backed by every big tech company the the most major corporations in the world and every politician that's been serving the longest In our government. So literally everything they want to be against is 100% what they have supported. And when fires were happening to people's businesses, people's personal property, uh, you know, people's livelihoods getting destroyed, that was fine. That is justified because the cause is worth it. But if we attack government property, now we have caused a violence that is unforgivable for generations and needs to be stopped right now. How dare you bite the hand that feeds us? 
<laughs> Sorry, I had to get that out there. It's just it's been no, getting I'm, under my skin lately. I'm totally with it. And uh, if you want to compound what they're doing, it's like uh, we got to fight the system, fight inequality. And uh, what they're doing is they're enriching the most rich people on earth at the expense of their own money. Because number one, uh, if you want to know what to invest in, by the way, I've got a uh, track record in stocks and bonds and. Yeah. Everything Which under you're the not sun. telling people specifically what to invest in. Just no, no. I'm going to give you a, a good just little hint here. Uh, number one, uh, you've got about uh, three different agendas that are about to go into place. Uh, you've got the raising of the minimum wage. I can guarantee you that's going to get done because that's one of their talking points, and they get to uh, harp on it. Well, we raised it to a, a, a living wage. Okay, that's and that's bled, that's bled into both sides as well at this point. So. Yep. So they're going to raise the minimum wage. Uh, number two, um, I can guarantee you that they're going to go ahead and uh, raise corporate tax rates. Well, and Co- even if they don't, quote unquote, raise the corporate tax rates, Biden's already said explicitly that the, 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 the cuts that happened under the Trump administration, he's going gone. to get rid of, gone. which will yeah. default it back to raise corporate tax rates. It's, yeah. And then uh, number three, they're going to, they're definitely going to pass the Trans-Pacific Partnership. So get ready, because this is what that means. Number one, if you want to hire an American, you got to pay 15 bucks an hour. Even if they're not worth 15 bucks an hour, you got to pay them 15 bucks an hour. So you might think, I don't care, I'm getting my money at. Well, guess what? Now uh, the guy that's currently making 15 bucks an hour, he ain't going to work for 15 bucks an hour. If I can go flip burgers or if i got to sit here at a call center and talk with 100 people an hour, you know, that are cussing at me, F that, I'll go stand in line. Number two, um, because that uh, labor now costs more, what's going to uh, really take off is automation. So get ready for that. Any of those low-skilled jobs that you might have tried to enter the workforce into that, you know, I flip burgers and then I maybe I can move up to management and then I'll cross that over to management at a like a like a footlocker or something, and then that shows that I can run a business. Now I'm a, now I'm an area manager, and oh wow, you know I'm actually doing okay because I worked hard. I kind of just went up the, well you just knocked out the bottom <laughs> rung of that ladder. Sorry, I mean you can automate the workforce uh, at a certain point, then you don't need the labor. And the corporate tax rate is going to be so high that you're going to have to be narrowing your profits anyway. Now because you can't hire an independent person. And because corporate tax rates are going up and you're going to automate your workforce, guess who can't automate their workforce? Mom and pop shops. And they can't afford to hire somebody. So who's going to take over? Big ass corporations with the money to invest, man. Get ready for your Amazon stores. Get ready for your uh, Walmart 2.0. They're going to put them on every corner because they can afford to do it. You can't. So you don't even get a chance. Then uh, what we're going to do is we're going to open up the Trans-Pacific Partnership. And so all of any manufacturing jobs we have left, <laughs> fucking kiss that goodbye, 15 bucks an hour. All right, well, we'll just make it in China for 10 cents an hour. Uh, I mean, I'm glad that you care so much about the American citizen and fame that you care about, uh, you know, people in general, but you don't. You don't at all. If you're open to any kind of Trans-Pacific Partnership, you're put, sending that uh, labor to a sweatshop. Or some poor bastard's going to sit there in conditions so bad, they got to put nets outside to catch motherfuckers from jumping off. 
<laughs> so it's like, okay, well, you know, the corporations, the, the multi-billionaires, uh, they're going to take off. So here's what you do. Invest in automation. Go ahead and invest in, uh, go ahead and invest in automation. Invest in blue chip companies because they're the ones who are going to be able to afford to automate all this crap away. Um, and then, uh, yeah, I think from there you'll probably make a good bit of money. Either that or you might want to invest in some kind of cryptocurrency because our money is going to be worthless because uh, we're about to pass like three stimulus checks in a row. Yeah, I mean, we've already had one and then now we just got a second one, which and Biden the, said the plans are to bump up that. it to yeah. 2000 to get ready for the next one. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, that's going to work out. Um, you just print money. Why not? <laughs> But, you know, yeah. it is what it is. Uh, that's where we're going. But I think a main point that I want to make is that uh, we can't we can't sit and dwell in fear. As scary as this stuff is, all the information that's flowing at us, the, the, the way that it looks so bad, you can't let it take over. Um, inaction breeds doubt and fear. Action breeds confidence and courage. If you want to conquer fear, you don't sit at home and think about it. What you do is you go out and you take action. And uh, that's a quote from Dale Carnegie. Uh, or, for our nerdiers, uh, you, you can look at somebody like Yoda, where fear is the path to the dark side. <laughs> fear leads to anger. Anger leads to hate. Hate leads to suffering. And uh, Jared, like and I was suffering before, leads to uh, yeah, suffering leads to terrible new shows on Disney Plus. <laughs> we're all suffering in our own ways, but it's like I told you earlier, Jared, off camera. Uh, I think that that specific quote from Yoda is what we're experiencing now with the left. I think with the fear, yeah, because I think it started as fear. They got hyped up, man. Like, oh, Trump's coming in. He's going to be the worst ever. And then uh, that fear led to anger. And you saw it with the, the, the derangement, the fucking insanity. What did Trump do? He put up a border wall, right? And so that kept the illegals out. Oh, there's poor, suffering migrants. Well, I'm sorry, dude. <laughs> like, you can't... You got to put on your own oxygen mask first before you can help anybody else. You want to help them? Help them at their home. Why you got to try and take them out of their home and bring them here? So they got to learn like, a new language so they can labor under you, clean your house for five bucks an hour, mow your lawn for 10 bucks an hour. Like, well, it's are the, you... the same folks. Again, I, I hate to keep doing this attack style conversation with coming from me, but the same folks that are so for foreign aid and helping other countries don't want to warrant helping them enough to keep them there not to say that people shouldn't come here they should legally and we should likely fix how that works because it is a little it's incredibly convoluted but it should be it, it's it's just the reactionary uh response to everything and being like well they're already here so just fix it now just let them in just let them in just let them in and th that same argument goes to immigration it goes beyond to everything is just having a reactionary response uh, is not as productive as having a preventative response. I think a lot of it's just feigned do-gooderism because it's like if they came in here and they were, you know, let's say uh, fraudulently voting for conservatives and stuff to try and make sure the conservatives got into to office and to power, uh, I guarantee you they'd be building the wall 25 feet tall. 
<laughs> so, it is what it is, man. Everybody's part of a tribe, whether you like it or not. And, uh, you know, as, as much as I talk about it uh, being bad, like the bad stuff that the left does, because right now I think we're in that hate, you know. They, they're in the hate phase, and they're trying to make conservatives suffer, but conservatives never made them suffer. That's not, we never did that. We, well, we, I mean, conservatives, we a great which... economy. We've, you know, uh, brought a great economy, brought peace around the world, Middle East, and uh, no new wars, like... I mean, yet conservatives definitely have their failings. Don't, um, you know, don't get me wrong, but the and we, we fall under the conservative category because there's only apparently two categories right now. Uh, yeah. But it's very loosely conservative that we fall under. Um, but a lot of times, the the right, and we're just using left and right as vague. You can fill in whatever definition you want. We're not going to try to cover that crap. Right. Uh, the right generally has been trying to bring the left into the conversation, into the fold and being like, okay, we want to talk about it, but we're not just going to go hundred uh, imp- percent uh, implement what you're wanting. We want to get the spirit of it because we don't think that hundred percent what you're wanting is going to work completely. So here's a way we can do it. But that's just been thrown out the window. Uh, I wrote down a quote. I don't want to say it wrong, but I thought it was like the right won't talk with the opposition now after current events uh, because they're actively not listening. And then the left, they won't talk with the opposition because they want them eliminated. Yeah. That's that's a very different viewpoint. Yeah, it is. Scary viewpoint. And but, I'm not even saying that the conservatives are right or wrong even, but the conversation needs to be had and both points, the left and the right, need to be heard because it's important to have both. It's it, Whether it's far left or far right, it's bad if it's only one voice. Bad it is. Bad it is. But, you know, at this point, I don't know, uh, I don't really know what we can do as far as connecting with the left from a solid, like, if somebody actively hates you for what you are and what they perceive you to be and they won't listen to any alternative, like, how do you, how do you change somebody's mind that just hates you? They I mean, normally you go on about your word. life. Right. And normally you just go on about your life and ignore them, but, but that's not an you. option now. Yeah, that's not an option anymore. So that's where we're here trying to, try to discuss what we can do productively uh, to handle the situation that we're in now. Right. Well, here, here's the thing. If, uh, if the right took over and uh, you could still have your leftist ideology implemented under a, a system of the right, because it's like, okay, well, we're going to free up everything, you know, and you can kind of do whatever you want. You know, we'll uh, cede authority down to the state level, so if the state wants to do something, you just can't stomp all over somebody's rights. You know, that's that's the main thing that you can't do. And so if you wanted to, from there, in your state, put in a Medicaid for all, Medicare for all, or whatever progressive plan you wanted to, you could do that, and then if people didn't like it, they could just vote with their either you know with the ballot, or they can vote with their feet. Man, these fuckers are crazy. I'm out of here. Well, that, that, there's the been a lot of talk about not you know, different. Yeah, exactly. But there's been a lot of talk lately about uh, on both sides. When Trump was there, California and the West Coast states were talking about secession, and now that this is happening, you know, should red states talk about secession? Uh, I feel like that's too far on a personal level. Because I feel like 
if it's allowed, that's the big disclaimer is if it's allowed, if there right. was more power given to state by state law and the federal government stepped out of the way and was like, we're here to kind of mitigate, you know, like almost like it's supposed to be. Right. And the states do their own thing. And if you don't like it at base value, get, you know, go to a different state. And that's easier said than done. But, right. at, you know, at the surface level, a state does what that state will do. The state what does what it does. But then the overarching, I guess, the referee is the federal government. Right. Yeah, no, and, you know, we're in a, we're in a different position. We're from Texas, you know, where secession is always on the mind because <laughs> It's we like are, brought up every year. Yeah. Or every time you can vote, whether. These guys are fucking nuts, man. Let's get the hell out of here. <laughs> like, that's, that's pretty much the Texas ideology, and we do have a superiority complex, um, being superior and all, so... <laughs> It's uh, it's hard not to have it when you're the best. <laughs> I don't know what to say. You know, if how I, much how, how feasible is it for Texas to consider secession? I think it's I think it's extremely uh, extremely feasible. I mean, we're a large country. When you think about it, we have an independent energy grid, so it's not like we secede and the power plants are in Louisiana and you know they're pumping power across state lines. No, we have our own energy grid. Uh, we have natural resources like oil and gas that have uh, helped kind of fuel our economy. We have uh, the space industry here. Uh, we've got our own uh, tech industry that's moving in, moving up. Finance is everywhere up here. Um, you know, like, there's a lot of stuff that we do, and we farm, and, yeah. I mean, we've got all the resources we need. We're, we've got a port, a large port. We've got refineries. Like, we're... Uh, huge well, economy and it's funny kind of going to a point we were making earlier it, it's not like we are a one-party state despite what the outside view is right like all all of our big cities dallas san antonio austin basically all the big cities but fort worth are heavy democrat and, and you know fort worth a lot of that way it's it, it's it is more and more democratic but i mean that's and a lot of them not all of them but most of them are successful too but yeah. outside of that it, like Red and blue is successful inside Texas. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I think it's because uh, the blue here tends to kind of have a reddish hint to it. It's like they're they're trying to uh, manage budgets. People are paying attention. You know, it's uh, I think that's a good example of uh, uh, of uh, of how you can have both factions working and working together. The more of the uh, state as a whole is red, and that works because it gives us things like the rainy day fund, you know, where we're actually able to put aside like a billion dollars in case something crazy came up and oh something crazy came up and we're okay, you know, yeah. we're able to use well, I mean, that to if, help people. Another like strength of Texas again, this is a pro uh, disclaimer here. Overall, I don't think secession is the right thing, but right. I'm still moving towards the pros. Um, if you take Texas as a country and don't just count it as, you know, America as a whole, if you take just Texas and its economy as a country, it would be somewhere around like 11th highest economy in the world. Yeah. Can't quote me exactly on that number, but it's somewhere close to there. Uh, so it's not like we're hurting. No, um, dude. We're... But you take that away and we'll America okay. will be hurting. You know, and, and what would breaking off as an independent country really mean in today's day and age? I mean, I think it would really give you an, uh, a chance to do some interesting stuff. Maybe maybe the currency of Texas goes blockchain, 
you know, and, uh, you know, then you've got, uh, you've got a system through which you can distribute money into the, into the coffers here and about, and, uh, maybe it generates at a, uh, at a state level, and that's how you run the government, so it's like it's generated through the state, and then passes along down through vendors, that way we get everything done, the money flows into the economy, or, I don't know exactly how you do it, but I think that'd be an interesting way to look at it, and then you've got, uh, you know, an open currency that everyone can kind of see what's happening. It's a distributive ledger, so, I mean, you should be able to track how money's getting spent and keep uh, politicians accountable if you so chose. That kind of well, thing would be interesting. Uh, or even uh, certain types of democracy, that, or certain types of bureaucracy, I should say, that could be automated through AI. And, uh, and uh, still getting a lot of great social services, but without... Without the human component that seems to be, when we think of government workers, maybe less than optimal. <laughs> maybe. I've seen it. Yeah. You know, I keep drifting towards the dark side, but it's just what I'm, you know, playing out worst case scenarios. If that were to happen, say Texas did secede, how would we handle military, like with our Texas National Guard or something? Because if we didn't have the backing of the United States, which if it were to happen now, I have a strong feeling cannot confirm that we would not be backed uh, or have any help with America. Does Mexico then just push up and, uh, <laughs> I think it goes the other way. What's that? I think it goes the other way. Does Texas just push on down? Cause, uh, well, I didn't consider that. Where do most of the troops come from? I guarantee you there's a larger contingent from any other state. Uh, Texas has more people go to the armed services than any other state. I, I'd, I'd be interested to look that up, you know? Yeah, but see, I kind of want to look this up. I know that the Texas National Guard um, has a pretty massive number and is very uh, effective because every natural disaster we've had, we've been able to take care of it ourselves without having... Uh, yeah. We've had minimal outside help. <laughs> Remember the, the what was it, the Redneck Brigade that went out and was like saving people from floodwaters? That <laughs> yeah, I work with people that were calling into work because they were doing that. Dude, that's awesome. Like, like we had people that boats, like here, boats were just you. You just would see down the 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 main road here. I won't say what it is, but they would uh, you would just see boats leaving. <laughs> yeah, You're like man. well, I know where they're going. <laughs> Gonna go do some good. And uh, again. Why we're superior as that's the pow power of self accountability and just being able to take care of yourself and not relying on a government to yeah. take care of you. The government is there to make sure you to me it's there to make sure you can take care of yourself. It's not there to take care of you, yeah, yeah that's it's literally true. there to get out of your way, <laughs> yeah well and and to stop other people from infringing upon your ability to take care of yourself. Uh, exactly. See, it goes back to being a referee. Exactly. And, uh, you know, when people willingly uh, exchange, you know, goods, services, that sort of thing, that's great. And whenever we have these kind of nasty things we have now where government is uh, in bed with uh, tech Oh my God, that's fucking scary. <laughs> that's real scary. What, what's sad is I'm not sure who uh, who's the <laughs> pardon my language here, but I'm not sure who's the top in that relationship. If it's the government or the big tech. <laughs> well, I know that the 
American people are the bottom. So <laughs> yeah, that's for sure. And not a power bottom. So <laughs> we're we're all taking and, and, it. And, and we don't have a safe word at this point. No, no, we do not. <laughs> this is more so, of a jailhouse scenario than a uh, committed and loving relationship scenario. So it's not fun. Yeah, it's, we are <laughs> holding the pocket of the government right now. <laughs> So anyway, according to Wikipedia, that is my source here, uh, the Texas Army National Guard is composed of approximately 19,000 soldiers and maintains 117 armories in 102 communities. There you go, man. And that's just the Texas National Guard. I mean, think about all the people that join the armed services. We both know people. So, I mean... Yeah. I know several people. We know more people than we don't. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, probably. Like, it's kind of ingrained in our culture here, almost. Yeah. And so I think think if it came to that, then we'd probably be okay. Uh, If we separate, I don't think that it'd be that big of a deal. I think the left might look at it as an opportunity to, uh, you know, seize more power. Because now the state that's giving the most electoral votes over to the uh, Republican side is just left, they might be like, all right, well, shoot. Now you all have nothing here. Uh-huh. We don't even have to add in uh, the five other states we were planning and go through that <laughs> whole shebang. <laughs> now we don't have to, I mean, not saying they would, but now they wouldn't have to like resort to things like fraud or, you know, rigging things. Not that they would now, but... Yes, we're not you know, saying they wouldn't. That. They wouldn't have to even consider it. Well, yeah, well, they wouldn't consider it. So, but you know, I think uh, with that being said, uh, uh, I think with this mo- most recent election, I think it just really, I think it proves that we can't secede. I don't think the problem goes away like that. Uh, no, as much you, you, as you can't run from your problems, and I feel like that's what it's doing. Yeah, exactly. I mean, as much as Texas has its own history and we all kind of want to do our own thing, it's like we also have an American history. And, uh, you know, any Texan that takes pride in being Texan should also be taking pride in being an American. We had just as much to do with this place being awesome as any uh, any other state. Mm-hmm. We sent people over there for World War Two. We We fought in the... You know, the the World War One. We sent people to Korea. Yeah, we fought in every single war. I mean, every one of them. So ultimately, what it is is, we have to stay. You, you just you can't bail out just because it sucks and it does suck. But, I agree with that whole sentence. <laughs> but that being said, I think what now we have to think of. Instead of thinking about it as a, you know, maybe we should break off, do our own thing, it's like, okay, well, now we're faced with this monstrosity in front of us. What do we do about it, you know? And I think, uh, I think you and I are both gamers, right? And so it's like, and I think this might be a way that people can relate and maybe try and change the perspective of the way you're thinking about fighting against the system. You don't have to fight against the system in a, in a direct way. And anybody who's ever played like uh, an MMO or something like that, sometimes you just got to dot and run, you know? Like you just kite <laughs> the motherfucker. <laughs> it's like, yeah. I can't stand up to you and fight you. Well, I'll use what I do have, you know? Or do I have mobility? Well, I'll just kite you away. 
uh, maybe I can drag you over to guards or, you know, like, <laughs> I could try and find an advantage. And that's the way yeah. you have to think about it. you got to use that strategic thinking. Uh, now that you know that you're faced with an adversary that will lie, cheat, and steal and will manipulate, they'll do anything to beat you. So what you have to do is figure out the strategy that beats them. Now, they've already seized upon this opportunity to drag away your freedoms. And there's nothing you're going to be able to do about that right now. Okay? If you're a caveman and you're hunting elephant, uh, you don't try and stab it to death with a stick. You try and hoop and holler and make it run off a cliff. That's how the cavemen <laughs> hunted the <laughs> woolly mammoth. They didn't go up and stab him to death because they fucking get stomped. <laughs> they hooted and hollered and it ran off a cliff it didn't see and then they went over there and were like okay now we get the sod up and so think about it like that you know take a tactical approach and I think uh, think there's a couple of different ways that we could do that and I think the way we got to start is at the at a more localized level at a, at a, at a smaller scale you know, yep, and, small bites. Eating yeah. an elephant, one bite at a time. Exactly. How you eat an elephant, one bite at a time. When yeah. I know the, and my brain does this. This is mostly just how my brain argues with itself, where I get all these devil advocates, devil's advocate stuff from. But uh, I know people will think, well, I mean, we've already had people trying to do this and we failed. We've had people trying to get in the office and failed. Right, right. But you haven't. So the action you can take is to figure out how you can influence, like you're saying at the local level. I'm talking city. Like first off, household. Then move yeah. from household to city and then go you know go from there. Go to your county um, after that. Go to your congressman, it, you know, like yeah. if you're just keeping the eye on the prize for about the level up to your congressman, if you can kind of just keep your eye on it, then uh you'll make a world of good. And and I was thinking about it, it's like, because I know for me, I don't want to sit here and have to research 500 things to figure out, okay, uh, is this guy a good guy or a bad guy? Because first of all, it's it's nigh impossible whenever it comes to uh, your local officials because they don't do much. But, but what you could do is maybe you can put together a network, you know? And... Uh, of course, them chasing us all off of uh, platforms makes it a little bit more difficult to do that. But maybe if we can find some sort of open software that they can't block, per se, maybe something built off of a blockchain as opposed to using Amazon Web Services or something like that, uh, maybe, maybe then we have a chance. Because what you could do is you can build a small network of maybe five... 10 people that uh, that are really keeping an eye on it that are relaying it to the group. You know, 5, 10 people that you, you, you know, you look at and you go, oh, I trust them, you know, like, I know uh, Jared and I, we both are big fans of Tim Pool, you know, but that's not the only guy I listen to. Uh, I'll listen to uh, Dinesh D'Souza and I'll listen to an Alex Jones. Uh, and it's not that I think Alex Jones is, uh, you know, 100% on the ball, but I think he maybe digests information and regurgitates it in a way that's its worst case scenario. And <laughs> Tim Pool digests the same information and goes best case scenario. <laughs> and then I kind of just go, okay, what do I think? Do I think this is pure evil that they're doing? Or do I think it's maybe just they 
unknowingly stumbled into something stupid. And uh, and then I'll listen to left, I'll listen to right, you know, I'll just listen to sources and try and resolve what I think in my own way. You know, I, I don't want to, I don't want to become a part of an echo chamber. No, Not, I, I do the same thing, listening to a lot of the same people you're talking about there, but I'll also purposely make myself go listen to like Vosh live streams and stuff like that, because I mean, I, I will likely heavily disagree with him, but I almost every time he's going to give me a perspective I had not considered. Yeah. And, uh, I, you need that. I mean, you need that. You need to know where people's heads are at, whether you think they're right or wrong or not, you need to hear them and not just block it out and ignore it and go, well, I don't believe that. So I'm just not going to hear it. That's, that's doing both of you a disservice. A, it's doing them a disservice because, I mean, people just need to be heard at, at a, you know, at a surface level value. They just need to be heard. And it's doing you a disservice because if you don't know what your opposition is thinking, and this goes for a left listening to right too, like listen to it, but don't just get angry about it. Actually try to figure out where how they're getting to the, the thought they're getting to. If you don't know how they're thinking, you don't know how to approach them. To, to, to go back to Brian's point of like, figuring out their tactics so you can move past it so you can learn what defeats them what defeats them in a primary what defeats them in an election you know it's just or at any level well ultimately the more we listen to each other the less we'll have to worry about defeating each other and the more we can actually think about working together i mean ultimately it takes both you know you don't you don't get anywhere if it's just one side or the other i mean you do but you get to terrible places <laughs> I mean, ultimately, uh, you need both, and I and this is where I want to speak to the good that the left does, uh, because what they do is they kind of change the way that you think about certain items, you know, like uh, you know, gay and lesbian rights, you know. Um, uh, before a conservative might have said, uh, you know, uh, it's evil, it's it's against God's will, it's this, it's that, and, you know. Uh, but I think it even made Christians reconsider because it's like uh, even a Christian nowadays might say something to the effect of, I don't agree with it. I do think that it's a sin, but God is love. He's not hate. You know, he, he loves the person. Why why would I treat them badly because they're gay or because they're lesbian or because of anything else? Uh, that's not what he would want. He hate the sin, not the sinner, you know? Right. Um, and I think it helped push the, uh, narrative that way. And, uh, and I think that's a good thing because it it makes us treat those who are different more compassionately. Um, you know, or, you know, ideologies like helping with social security, you know, is is social security a bad thing? Probably the way it's currently constructed. Yes. But, uh, you know, that's not a matter of left or right. That's just a matter of, um, that's just a matter of how it's run. I mean, we if we can agree that we want Social Security because we like the safety net, but maybe we can change some things about the way it runs. Hey, that, that's the biggest thing about why, if we work together, that's how this stuff gets fleshed out. We disagree on, or we rather, we agree on the purpose. We just disagree on, disagree on the execution. So can mm-hmm. we come to a, a, a compromise, which is now a dirty word, can we come to a compromise where we meet that purpose? Well, it's like healthcare too. I mean, uh, you could always take the approach of, well, I'm not going to, uh, I'm not going to uh, 
settle for anything less than Medicaid for all. Every other country in the world has done it, and it's great. There are some trade-offs, though, bud. <laughs> I mean, I know you think you're getting something for free, but they're going to raise your taxes, and the product you're going to get is worth nothing. I mean, you want to know how to get the worst thing <laughs> possible? Get somebody that doesn't care about the the money that's being spent and they don't care about the quality of the product then you get something that's expensive and it sucks so <laughs> if they're spending your money you know and uh you know they're spending your money so they don't care how much it costs but but it's a product for for you guys as well so they're buying it for somebody else as well so the government doesn't care they have no incentive they don't care how much it costs and they don't care how good it is they gave it to you vote for me and so uh, the problem is uh, the money, the other guy's money, the other guy's spending your money. And uh, the, the, the product that you're getting is just crap. It's crap. So, uh-oh. Well. We're going to give it a moment and see if uh, old Jerry can reconnect here. Huh. Weird. Did your camera die? <laughs> the, no, my Discord just disappeared. It went away. And then... Well, I think this is a clear case... Just came back. Of that is, our that conversation never was dangerous and needed <laughs> to be shut down immediately. Yeah, that has, uh, that has never happened before. Like, it didn't do an update or anything. Huh. It just disappeared, was completely gone from my screen. I could see my desktop. Discord was not open. And then it uh, reappeared. Like Hi, it was. Google. Amazon Web Services. We're on to you. I see you. I mean, you probably see a lot more of me. <laughs> yeah. But I see you. I'm kidding. Um, but, <laughs> you know, like I was saying, uh, left is good for these things. They can kind of give us an idea. They can be more passionate about things. They can pursue dreams and art. And arts are things that are going to enrich the lives of everyone but at a certain point whenever that mentality of creating something art or creating something new and wonderful gets twisted by this uh, hatred it becomes what we see today it's propaganda it's not art you know when you see yeah. this SJW shows and stuff it's like I can believe it if it's just the way it is, but when you're gender bending, gender swapping, uh, forcing uh, gay and lesbian relationships into shows, not naturally, but just like, like, you want to know a good example, if you've ever seen the Umbrella Academy, <clears throat> um, there's a, there's two different uh, gay relationships on the show, and uh, one of them is, uh, uh, what's his name, Eller Page, or so, I don't know what his updated name is now that he became a man. Oh, are you, are, you, are you talking about the actor that starred in Juno? Yes, the actor that starred in Juno. Um, I don't know why I know this, Elliot Page? Elliot Page, yeah, there you go. Um, I remember the old name, but I'd hate the dead name somebody. Um, <laughs> but uh, uh, Elliot Page is uh, has like this forced lesbian relationship and it's like god just fast forward through this crap it, but is it it is is, is elliot with in a the woman? story it's forced 
And the, okay, so so the the character that Elliot is playing is a identified female with another self-identified female. I don't know. Exactly. You see how we've already lost lost the, the value of the story. Yeah. Yeah. But- even even at the like even at the the lowest level, it's just predictable and that becomes not to say predictable stories are necessarily unentertaining. Uh but when it becomes predictable in a sense that every show is going down the same path, and yeah, you're like, oh, here, here's this again, whether yeah. it's that or not. I mean, it's. Oh, I'm sure you can say the thing about all the, uh, like back when Married with Children, all that kind of stuff was on that that generic style with the all in the family, all that stuff. You could probably say the same thing then. It's like, oh, well, this is predictable. It's the the angry dad and the you know oppressed mom, and yeah, you know, it was it was that is also bad i mean just when it becomes so predictable it's cookie cutter that that has just destroyed the value of the art oh but this one was even worse because it was like uh it was a married couple and here's the story was kind of gross to me uh so the story is uh she shows up and she or i don't know i don't know how to play this game uh ellen page the girl because i guess she was a girl at the time shows up on this farm and uh, there's a husband and a wife. And they have a disabled child. And the dad goes to work and provides for the wife and Ellen Page's character. Because he, he, he's just helping take care of her because she's good with his disabled son. And, uh, and he's just, uh, as far as I can tell, he's just doing dad thing, you know, taking care of everybody. Making money. But then uh, old Ellen Page decides to put the moves on Mom, and Mom's worried. And then Dad finds out Dad's actually evil. Because he found out? Yeah, I guess so. Okay. And tries to stop her from throwing away the... the marriage, and Ellen Page kills him or something or maybe i was he, waiting for the yeah, cell like what did, what did he do <laughs> spoilers by the way too late now i'm watching that show and <laughs> i'm sorry you're not watching it for that storyline now the other the other uh now this is where it actually got interesting there was uh, another storyline with uh kind of like a gender fluid guy because he's into girls but he's also into guys so uh he's just a bisexual dude right and uh, he gets thrown through time he ends up in Vietnam, and uh, he ends up being kind of aimless and joins uh, joins the army, goes into Vietnam, uh, where he forms a, a relationship with uh, another guy there that starts out as like a friendship, saving your life kind of thing, and then develops into a, a real relationship. And he really cares about this guy, and this is a character that up to this point hadn't cared for anyone, and then he gets killed. In the war, you know, and it's something that really traumatizes them. And you can actually more relate to that because it doesn't feel forced. It was just in the character's natural story progression. Exactly. So, I don't know. It's like there's definitely places and good places to have those kinds of stories. But right now it just feels like it's insert fucking gender story that doesn't relate to most people and feels forced. Well, it's a good story, like any good story to me will make you think, uh, I guess whatever better put it, will cause you to think. 
And a lot of the stories out there are forcing you to think a certain way. You know, another good example is the Star Wars movie, the the uh, Last Jedi, where they uh, they go to the casino. Uh, have you seen Last Jedi? I don't remember. I, whatever the most, the, whatever the first of the newest wave of Star Wars was, is the last one I saw. I haven't oh, seen yeah, anything no, past that. The second one's <laughs> so stupid because it's like they uh, they find out that the same people building the ships for the uh, for the, the the new order are the same ones building the ships for the rebellion. There's blood on everyone's hands. And then they find a bunch of slave kids working in a stable, so of course they Eek. free the horses. And <laughs> wait. <laughs> wait a minute. It's like, it's like, okay, they got like hover ships and tracking modules. You don't think they're just gonna go track down the horses? And, 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 like, the whole setup is, like, I think we're about to be killed. And it's like, was it worth it? And then you see horses running off into the distance. Like, now it is. <laughs> like, <laughs> oh, my God. This is so fucking dumb. So yeah, that would dumb. be, like, that would be, like, holding current America's feet to the fire because of the history of slavery and then ignoring, like, current concentration camps. That, that would be, yeah, that that seems like something like that. <laughs> well, luckily, we're n- we don't live in that America. Uh, no. Luckily, concentration camps, if somebody were to, like, praise that system, they'd be kicked off of every platform, especially Twitter. Um, instantly. But, you know, luckily we don't have to worry about that. It's well, a good thing, too. Mm-hmm. I love you, big brother. But <laughs> I'll, I'll never hit you back. But, uh, yeah, I think once you have dissected this thing and looked at it objectively, and know you need to make changes, I think that from there, what we really need to do is just come up with a battle plan. You know, like, how are we going to take action? And I think we discussed some of it, which is, you know, working at a local level, maybe trying to put together a local community um, where you can all interact and talk about candidates and find background history and really get to know just those people at your very local, basic level. So that way you make sure you're putting the right people in place. Well, usually, um, in, like for my city, as an example, the all everybody on the council is like a, a local business owner or just a local known name in the community. Or, you know, there's there's always been somebody that's helped and had a positive light somewhere in the community that people know, whether it's in passing or just because they've done good things. Um, I mean, and just because you're a big city either, you know, this is coming from me, I'm in a small town, but that, that mentality and that, that mindset can still work in a bigger city. Um, You'd be shocked to find out how easy it is to start getting a backing for city council in a large town. I almost got pushed to be on, you know, run, run for council when I was 18 years old. So, you know, and I lived in a big town at the time too, a very, very big town. So, I just didn't do it because I was scared and uh, looking like I probably should have. Well, I think at this point, there's nothing you can do about what you didn't do in the past, but there is a lot we can do now. Uh, Maybe by being in the position you are now, you've garnered a a way for you to actively work towards these goals. Maybe if you'd gone into city council, you'd have got burned out, you'd have said F the system and totally disconnected. Who knows? Uh, or it, it maybe have drug you down whenever you're more young and more impressionable. 
And that's right. an easy thing to happen whenever you're, you know, a younger kid. I know I would have been way more easily corrupted back then than I am now. I mean, they all change over time. And yeah, that's, and that is a really good point, too. Just It's just, so, uh, yeah, uh, yeah, I'd say this for anybody who ends up watching this, man. Don't ever feel like uh, I missed an opportunity in the past. As long as you're drawing breath, you got endless opportunities. Anything you can imagine. Uh, is out there in front of you and uh, you might be saying to yourself you know like oh well you say that but I'll never play in the NBA or play the NFL how the fuck do you know where's technology going you know there might become a time and point in where uh, where we learn to upload synaptically to uh, to the web and we can have these interactive experiences with the NFL and the NBA where it's not about the size of of you, but it's more about the way your synapses fire. Maybe you're more quick triggered in the brain, and so now you get to uh, experience that. Or maybe there's so many leagues out there that, you know, everybody gets to enjoy it. So now you do get to do it. Well, I'm just telling you, don't don't constrain yourself to even uh, to any type of uh, any type of restriction because you don't know what's coming. Okay, if I said to somebody in in 19 uh, let's say 1982. Hey, uh, you know how we launched people into space? Uh, all that computing processing power, all the information of the world, it's going to be held in your hand. And, uh, you know, you'll be able to take pictures, video, upload directly. Uh, and it'll flow between everybody's phones. So everybody can just see what everybody else is doing whenever you want. Um, you know, and, and uh, you know, at the same time uh, that that's going on, uh, we'll just regularly have rockets going up into space, you know, setting up satellites. So that way, you know, we can do it all wirelessly. And uh, yeah. I mean, you basically explained the premise of Star Trek when it came out, <laughs> when it was considered sci-fi to have that kind of thing. Yeah, and and look where we are now. And if you look at the uh, from the '80s to now, that's 40 years. I mean, <laughs> this shit happens within. <laughs> within such a short breath of time. And I know I've talked to you about this before, but I don't think a lot of people understand how technology works. And technology is exponential. It's not linear. Okay? Because the way the human mind works is uh, is in a very linear fashion. The the brain is a future-predicting device. That's, that's what it's designed for. We need to be able to look at something and go, well, if I do this, then this will happen. You know, if I... I'm not just randomly spazzing out uh, as uh, as I go to get a, a cup of water. I have predicted it in my mind. If I get up, it's probably water in the fridge. I know there's a cup over here, so if I grab that, I'll be able to pick it up. No problem. I have enough strength to do that. I'm going to lift it. Uh, I know I'm going to be able to stand up. I've stood up millions of times. I should be able to do it now. No problem. My, my leg might be asleep, but I can still hop on one leg if that did happen. And I'm going to be able to get to that fridge. Once I'm there, I'm going to be able to open it up. There will be a water container there. Now, it might be empty, but I know there's a faucet next to it. Like, I can predict out ten steps ahead without even really consciously thinking about it. I just get up and do it. Right? That's linear thinking. And the reason you have linear thinking is because it helped you live. Oh, I see a tree over there. That tree has uh, apples in it. Uh, you're going to look that away, you know, so I can come back here. I know I can eat if I do that. And, uh, you know, if I go this many paces out, I can come this many paces back. That's linear. It's forward and back an exact number of times. It's, I see a deer up on the ridge, you know. I can 
it's going this way, wind's going that way, so if I approach by going around, I can cut it off and you know, it's not going to smell me. You know, I can think that kind of way, but what you don't think is an exponential fashion because nothing else in our world, our physical world, moves exponentially. If it did, it would be <laughs> incredible. Uh, you know, it would be beyond comprehension. It's like, imagine you going, <laughs> all right, I just want, it's like the penny a day that doubles. <laughs> it's like, uh, you know, when you think about it, it's like, would you rather have uh, a million dollars or a grain of rice or a, a penny that doubles every day for a month? And a lot of people will go, I don't want a million dollars. Well, if you take the penny that doubles every day for a month, you get like $4 million. <laughs> so, because... <laughs> It's exponential, you know, one to two, two to four, four to eight. And these are small numbers. And this is how technology travels. It travels in small numbers. And it's like whenever we're playing on 8-bit Nintendo. Oh, well, this uh, 16-bit Nintendo came out. I'm going to go ahead and get that. And, oh, did you hear about the Super Nintendo, the 32-bit? Yeah, it just came out. Oh, great. Yeah, well, well, N64? Dude, yeah. yeah. So, like, every 18 months, we're seeing this doubling of technology. And uh, that's an exponential growth. And once you reach a certain precipice, it's like, boop, 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 boop. It flies uh, we're, up. And we're, yeah, right. we're, we're in that or beyond it right right now. Because it's to the point right now, point right now technology is coming out. Every time something's released, we're like, how in the world is it even doing that? And like, oh, by the way, we're way past that now when we have this. Oh, jeez. So, okay. I heard you want to roll your phone up. <laughs> <It's> like, yeah. <laughs> okay. I guess we do. I, I don't know. Um, but, yeah, it's really neat because uh, what, uh, I think based on projections right now, 2025 is whenever we're going to be able to map the human brain and then uh, we'll be able to replicate AI systems that kind of follow that same uh, synaptic pattern so that it's making the proper types of abstraction and, and then it kind of thinks like a human. And so then exciting you've got, and equally terrifying. Well, and you've... It depends how it's implemented, you know? It's like, exactly. uh, right now we have, uh, uh, what is it, uh, 9 billion AI systems running right now. <laughs> it's, uh, we're just uh, a bunch of synapses firing electronically, and because of that organization of that, it changes the way we think. And whether it's good or evil, it's... Hey, well, it's um, funny, part of that I think is language. It's like we're scared of AI, but we're okay with algorithms, thinking they're somehow different. It is, it's the same thing. We're a series of algorithms to an extent. I mean, I don't know. Until we actually fire up AI systems and really see what comes back at us, we, we're not going to know how uh, emotion and soul kind of play into it. So, yeah. We're going to get there regardless. It doesn't matter. We're, we're going to find out sooner than later. That's for maybe, sure. maybe we're just the physical cocoon that blossoms uh artificial constructed life i don't know <laughs> it's possible it's uh, everything built up to this it started as uh as a, you know non-living material a single organism forms and it's just the cocoon to this artificial construction and maybe that ai construction is what uh what is constructing all of the universe <laughs> and it's cyclical in that nature so you're saying primordial sludge likely had this same conversation? Like, do you think there's a day of, of bipedal humanoids? I don't know, but it's 
it's coming sooner than later, and I don't know what's going to happen to us. It's exponential <laughs> in the way it's going. <laughs> Just yeah. Pay I don't know. It's hard to say, man. Like, but regardless, stuff's going to happen. And, you know, to that point, it becomes a matter of just wait and see. Uh, but for now, you know, we just got to pick our battles. Uh, number one, I think one thing everyone can do, let's, I, you said it earlier, and I'm going to steal your quote, we need to stop handing bullets to the guys that are shooting at us. So, <laughs> yeah. So, uh, like earlier today, I canceled Amazon. Like, I don't need Amazon. Walmart, we did the same thing. Hey, Walmart's got a, a listening out there. Walmart's got its own delivery stuff coming up. We got Walmart Go. Walmart hasn't tried to shut down my ability to speak yet. <laughs> so, no. so they I mean, win a brownie point, even though they're yeah, still. Yeah, they, they've done plenty to to hurt small business, but they haven't uh, literally. Well, no one's literally done this yet, but it's not like they're jailing business owners. Uh, they're just, you know, giving an option. Right. Enough, but we can't refuse. <laughs> right. I mean, I've, I've canceled my Disney Plus. I've canceled my Amazon. Um, yeah. I try to, like, down, I, I've i gone down to the point, because I get obsessive with this stuff, where I, I only buy meat from the local butcher, because we have a local butcher. And that's like, I won't great. even I won't even buy meat anywhere else, because I just want to, as far down the local level I can get, I know it's been preached over and over again, buy local, buy local. But what that actually means is this, is, you know, don't feed these corporations that have so much control over this that we've given them. Take it back. If we can give it to them, we can take it back. Yep. And as you jump off of these tech platforms, uh, you know what? Another thing, you and I have both done this, jumping off of Chrome and moving over to a company like Firefox Instead of using uh, Google to, to search stuff, using DuckDuckGo. You know, these are simple things. These companies, their product is you. That's their product. They don't sell anything else. They sell you. That's what advertisement is. They're selling you to a company so they can try and make money. If you're not there, they go out of business. So, take it away from them. You know, it, if they want to disenfranchise uh, 80 million people, what does that do to their business whenever, you know, those 80 million people go, man, F your company, and start using somebody else? Well, it shows everybody that's uh, new in the startup, ooh, there's a big market here. Yep. We can make some money. And, uh, you know, ultimately, uh, the great thing about capitalism is... Uh, <laughs> It lends itself, and this is why we can't go towards this communist system and why they want us to. Capitalism leads to more fairness than uh, something like a communism. Because it intrinsically works against our worst principles. Our greed, our uh, selfishness. Um, it uses that for the betterment of everybody. Because if somebody else can do it for a dollar and I can do it for 99 cents and I could still make a profit hey I can go ahead and capitalize by undercutting that guy now you the consumer <laughs> get to go this guy's charging a buck this guy's only charging 99 cents hell yeah okay that's another penny in my pocket for me <laughs> 
that's the greatness, man. We, and if everybody's doing that, then everything costs exactly what it takes for somebody to live without screwing everybody over. The only way you can screw everybody over is whenever you go, well, I'm the only game in town. So, go ahead and uh, I think we're going to charge uh, $10. You can play or you can starve. Pick one. <laughs> and that's why we have these kind of uh, monopolistic laws on the books. Although, realistically, we don't need monopoly laws if we have a more open system. Because really the only way you can get a monopoly is by putting together these uh, these laws that restrict businesses. That's why, you want to know who's pushing for minimum wage hikes? Walmart, Amazon. They want that. Because they can take the hit. They can afford it. They can take that hit. Yeah, exactly. They can automate themselves out of enough positions that's like, <laughs> mom and pop store has got to hire three people and we automated away two people's jobs. So we'll raise the wage so there's double one person. We don't care. <laughs> We've only got to pay one person. We get to keep another person's pay. Mom and pop shop don't make nothing. They go out of business. Some prices might go up a hair. <laughs> it's, and the only way they can afford to do that, again, because they can just kind of dictate it. This is what's going to happen. So yeah, I'm not a big fan of uh, of laws that restrict businesses just simply based on that. I think really uh, that the laws are how they get away with becoming uh, two classes of system, uh, two class system, the rich and the poor. That's how you get there. Enough laws in the way. Taking away those rungs on the ladder. Whether you like it or not, the recent administration showed that the showed what happens when you take away restrictions, when you take away regulations. I mean, mm-hmm. sure, there's there's some things that need to be looked at, but that's why both sides need to talk to each other so we can say, hey, that's resulting in this. How can we fix that? We need to agree that that's a problem and then come together and fix that. But overall, look what happened. It was prosperity until an unprecedented, not unprecedented pandemic, but until a pandemic hit. I mean, how do you avoid a worldwide disaster? You don't. I mean, you can't factor that. You can't factor that and be like, well, look what happened. Things went down. Oh, <laughs> you think? Like, so, yeah, so did the rest of the world. And it's like, uh, you know, what do you do? You just... It is what One it is. One bite at a time. That's what you do. One, One bite, bite at a time. time. We, gotta, we gotta take those steps, you know, and I think... Another part of it is uh, we probably just need to get on here and just have discussions about stuff. Just yeah. talk about stuff. And, yeah, I mean, because uh, we're gonna we're gonna get it right. We're gonna nail some stuff in these conversations, and then we're gonna get it wrong too. But oh, yeah. you have to you have to have the opportunity to be able to be right or wrong in a conversation and work it out. Because I mean, if you can't sit here and discuss and just sit in your head and try to think it out all day, all you have is you. And all you have is your thoughts. When, like, with Brian and I sitting here talking, I mean, we're, we've had plenty of conversation here we didn't plan just because he says something that forms an idea in my head I did not have, and then we move forward with that, and you can only do that by discussing things. Because I guarantee a lot of this stuff Brian and I may not agree on. But by discussing it, we've gotten somewhere with this. Yeah. That needs to be taken and, like the AI, become exponential and grow to higher and higher levels. Yeah, and, and you know... Hey, it is what it is. We're, we'll take the information we have today, digest it, 
and come back with hopefully a more refined opinion tomorrow. And if everybody does that, then maybe we get somewhere. But that's why this whole shutdown thing with Parler and tech censorship is so scary because it's like, <sighs> what are they worried about? <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I guess people are starting to see uh, the light, you know, they're starting to to get red-pilled, I guess. Well, I don't know if it's a red pill. I think a lot of people are just starting to come to a more moderate and sensible, you what's, know, What's a quick way out. to say monochrome? Yeah. Because it's like people are getting pulled away from both extremes into like, wait a minute, I don't know what to think because I've been thinking on my own now. What do I do? Because then you're not red, you're not blue, you're... Tariffs. There's one that I would have told you uh, last year or a couple years ago. That's the stupidest thing you can do. You're just taxing the people that are buying the goods. And I've come way around on that one where it's like... I agree. Where it's like, it's still the case. That as you tax, as you tariff, you're basically just raising the cost for people. But, if the intention of that tariff is to reduce the consumption of that good through foreign means, and increase production at our level, I'd rather that be the case. I'd rather pay a tax for helping Americans keep jobs, create jobs, and be more competitive than just paying a tax for some cheap Chinese goods. I mean... I feel like tariffs are one of those things that, at least in our lifetime, I could be wrong on this, but from my perspective, tariffs are one of those things that just got theory-crafted into oblivion and yeah. never implemented. And so we'd, we'd come up with our thoughts, we'd come up with what we figured would happen, and we'd just set our ideas like, okay, that's that's just what's going to happen. And then we actually implemented it, and implemented it, and then stuff that I hadn't considered happened and went, oh, well, I guess that's why you actually have to do things sometimes. Uh, Even once things you... you don't necessarily agree with, you know, as long as you're not enacting, as long as you're not preventing somebody's fundamental right, mm-hmm. then I think it's okay. And whenever we talk about rights, rights are things that you're born with, that unless somebody takes it away from you, you wouldn't have. And so that's why something like freedom of speech is a right. It's because if I was to, let's say, move out into the middle of the woods by myself, I could speak freely, and nobody could encroach upon it. It's not until I infringe upon somebody else's right that it's uh, it's no longer viable. And I think that's why something like uh, uh, calls to action, uh, that's a good way to look at uh, a limitation on something like free speech, because if I... Uh, a call to action, uh, some harm against you, then I'm starting to infringe upon your rights. Uh, I'm starting to infringe upon you, you know? Uh, Second Amendment, you know? Like, if I'm out in the woods and I have a gun, I, I can go get a gun and I'm not going to hurt anybody. It's not until I infringe upon somebody else's right if I'm using that gun for malice or for harm that that's whenever that becomes illegal. Uh, and I think as long as we can go back to that way of thinking, I think we'll all be better. We gotta, we gotta go back towards freedom. We gotta promote freedom, and we gotta really understand what freedom is. And it's fucking messy, especially something like this. That's why I'm so anti-lockdown. Like I under, I get it, man. I get it. It's a scary thing, but 
disease isn't something new. It's going to be there, and we're not going to cower our way out of this thing, as evidenced by the rates going up and up. We were just supposed to slow this thing down, man. We would probably be at herd immunity if we'd just done nothing. Yeah, we might have had a lot of people who got sick and died, but a lot of people get sick and die anyway. I mean, it's just a part of life. How many people got sick and died and they didn't see their family right before they went? Yeah, that's that's heartbreaking. And uh, some anecdotal stuff. I know plenty of people that uh, have had have lost people, and not even just the coronavirus that couldn't see them because well, of the rules. And I mean, that's here. That's in Texas too. So. Yeah. Well, I was lucky. I got to see like my grandma passed away uh, last year. And I was lucky I got to see her before she went. And it was tough as that was. And, uh, yeah, just, I feel for anybody who didn't get to do that. That's awful. I just it's, awful. It's, one, it's one of the few thoughts that really does make me sick to my stomach, thinking about. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But that's why I think that freedom to uh, assemble. I, you can't infringe upon it. If a business wants to be open and say you're not required to ma- wear masks, that's on them. I, I feel the same way about smoking. If they want to be a business that allows smoking, that should be their right, man. Nobody's required to go to a business. Mm-mm. You can go well, somewhere that's, and else. And that's where the consumer decision comes in because you know how it was with me. Like If there were bars that, that we would go to watch shows at that had smoking, I'd be like, nah, I'm good. I'll watch it some other time. And so I went to bars that didn't allow smoking. And yep. then the cities around here started making people not be able to smoke. And even me, who would prefer to be in a smoke-free place, is like, well, that's not right. I don't they smoke. Made, they made their choice. I made mine. That's how it should work. Exactly. And I don't smoke, but I don't care about smoke. Like, it doesn't bother me. So going to a place, that should be my right. Like, We don't have to have the same experiences in life if we dislike something. If I wear a mask... Because I, I could definitely see myself kind of just being one of those anti-mask people that just does it to uh, to rage against the system. But really, I do it just because it makes other people comfortable. I don't give a fuck. And it's not... Are you saying you, you wear the mask because it makes other people comfortable? Yeah. Well, I, don't, I don't care. It doesn't... To me, it's like uh, the size of the holes in a mask. It's like you're not stopping a virus. Okay, I'll I tell you what. Let me go ahead and give you a choice here. You can be in a room that's filled with this virus, or you can be in a room filled with mustard gas. And you tell me which... uh, uh, Would you take a little surgical mask for that mustard gas? Hell no. You would take the (laughs) breather, you know? And I can guarantee you that a a virus is going to be smaller than the fucking mustard gas. So what what are we doing? Is it really doing anything? I don't know. It is I, don't know. I mean, unfortunately, we're at, we're at the behest of the CDC guidelines, and we all know what they are. Well, I mean, well, we're at the behest of you know, it changes daily depending on what news gives them more control. Yeah, I mean, that's really what it comes down to. But yeah, it is what it is, and. At the end of the day, we'll just have to see where everything goes. I think that's what it is. Yep. So the takeaways are uh, 
one step at a time, one small step, and if everybody's taking one tiny step, that's, that's what we have to do. If you do nothing else today, if you're watching this or you do nothing else, get Firefox, get uh, DuckDuckGo, cancel Amazon. If you've got Facebook, um, you can go under settings and download all your videos and pictures. Uh, and just, you could upload it to your Gmail account, and you can still keep a Gmail account, like, I still keep a Gmail account, but I don't keep it for anything other than the photos section, like, and it's my junk mail, so if they make me put down an email, it goes to them, <laughs> like, I don't care, <laughs> so it's like, you can, you can fight against this, uh, and, and, and make an impact, but it's just little things at a time, and those are some small things that you can do. It's a thousand cuts, right? Thousand cuts, man. Painful and slow. They deserve it. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, I guess we'll go ahead and uh, we're going to wrap it up there. Uh, and thank you, Jared, again for hopping on. And, Thanks for having uh, me. This is fun. And uh, everyone out there, y'all have a great night.